apparently they played a prank on on Kurt and made him look like Angelina Jolie for a hot second in um in, in the producer. <laughs> so the tabloids all like had pictures of like Colossus and Wolverine and Angelina Jolie. Oh. <laughs> everybody i am here i'm queer and i'm ready to talk all things kurt wagner i hope you all are i know my co-host here with me is who am i talking to who is the ghost everybody 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 when you said that i was like it just came to me everybody (laughs) every i don't remember who sings that um anyway this is Lisa over here, guys, a.k.a. the OG Nocturne. We are here to discuss Mr. Kurt Wagner. Something about him. I don't know what we're talking about. I do, at least. Tell me about Lauren. Tell me about it, stud. <laughs> yes, Grace again! God, it always goes back to Greece with us. I don't know what's going on. We gotta come, up with, we gotta come up with a new musical. We're gonna do Music Man. Shaboopy. Shaboopy. I'm just imagining Kurt singing hopelessly devoted to you to Rachel outside oh her window. God. She's just like, it's time a lesbian. <laughs> yes, I love it. Anyways, can you guys tell we're obsessed? Um, so as I was saying, <laughs> um, I have a very soft spot in particular for um Kurt and the concept of his image inducer. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that today because, you know, we've seen the image inducer. It was used mostly in older comics. And then eventually um, somebody by name of, um, I don't know, uh, Logan inspired him not to use that thing. And then in the uh, 2000s cartoon X-Men Evolution, we see Kurt use it almost all the time, the image inducer. And, you know, we know that he especially is a great representation of how you have to um, hide yourself because of society and why those things are and also why you choose to even if you could come out or show yourself right and I don't know do you think I actually like to frame the question but differently I was thinking do you think that Kurt if he were in today's society do you think he would need to use the image inducer yes I think he would need to use it in today's society if he wanted to have a relatively simple life yes I think so. I think you when you look at what's going on in today's society, yeah, I think I think yeah, so. Especially after after current events. I have a thing, yeah, I have the inclination to agree because even though, you know, I want it to be like the fairy tale where like he can just come out and be accepted, you know, there'd still be there'd be so much kickback. But at the same time, I think he'd have a lot easier time if he chose to not use the image inducer not use it as much because like imagine like if he yes in everyday work if he goes to an office or wherever he has to use his image inducer but like if he goes to a comic con he just looks like a furry in costume like <laughs> true like he can go to he can have at least some modern outlet where he could probably go as himself and nobody would think differently like he'd probably have you like oh my god you look so good and he'd like I don't know. I'm just imagining how much fulfillment that could give him. You know, I've seen that written in fandom, in like fanfic a lot. I've seen people write stories about like Kurt using Halloween as a time to go out as himself. Um, There's actually a story 
where he does that in one of the early issues of X-Men. There's a story where he dresses up as a devil, actually, and with a blue, like a blue face and a red devil suit. And and like, I remember the, there's a woman dressed as a cat and like she reaches and touches his tail and is like, oh, it's warm. This is such a great costume. And then he he like waves at her with his tail. Um, It's very cute. Uh, yeah, like, so that's in, obviously, in the canon, and in it's really entrenched in the fandom as well. Um, I mean, I, I I love the idea of him not having to use it, and to be being very proud in himself, and, and who he is, and, and, and being around. But I also really appreciate stories that take into consideration that he does have to use it, and why, and, and give us and gives us those narratives because I think it's important too. Yeah, I agree. And do you think that, so on that note, right, he, let's say, you know, we take what we've said, he has to use his image inducer and such in public. Do you think because of who he is character wise and personality wise that he would, um, you know, want to and choose to try to become a, a voice for, you know, not having to hide yourself and, and, and if he would be willing to do that, or do you think he would choose to simply hide in his shadow and, and choose to protect himself? I think that, and I think this story has been told, not necessarily in canon, but a hundred percent in fandom. Um, I think that, at first, because because remember, we have to consider like where Kurt's coming from. And, you know, he's coming from a lot of different places, depending on what's what, you know, what canon we're looking at. If we're looking at, you know, the comic books versus like X-Men Evolution or, you know, the movies or whatever. But like, let's talk about the comic book specifically. So like he's coming from a place where in um, the comics, like. As a child growing up, he never had to hide who he was, really, because he kind of just hid in plain sight as a member of this circus, where when he was old enough, he was able to, you know, be uh, an acrobat. And, you know, everybody who saw him loved him, and they assumed he was in costume. They they did had no reason to believe that he was anything but just a, a regular man in costume, until one day they found out he wasn't. And the moment they did, they were chasing him down with pitchforks and torches and trying to kill him and murder him. And that's when Charles Xavier finds him and brings him over to America. So I see like Kurt's journey with the image inducer being like out of that trauma of literally the first moment that people see your real face, like in a vulnerable position where you don't have like control of the narrative. Like you're not in the middle of a performance where you can like make them believe that you are an actor in costume. You know, they, they, you can't control that the first time suddenly now they all want to kill you. I can see that trauma making him say like, screw this. You have this piece of technology. I am in, I will wear it. Like this is going to afford me this life that I've, that, that I will, that I can have now. And I've always wanted. Right. However, what I see happening from that is as he heals from that initial trauma and then sees other people like him going through the same things and become, and as he's becoming a hero with the X-Men, I see, I see him understanding the responsibility of, of being like a recognizable hero who is physically mutated and like, you know, being like a representation, represent, representative or representation of that. So I yeah. think like that's what I, I see as his, you know, like if Logan hadn't dared him, I think he eventually would have come to that conclusion on his own. 
Yeah, I mean, I think Kurt in general, he has the... He has a little bit of a martyr complex by the end of it as his character has evolved. Maybe he didn't start that way when he first came out, but he he definitely wants to help people. He wants to make people feel better, and he will even do it if that costs him some sanity at times. So as he, you know, like you say, you know, grew from, you know, the trauma and all these different things and came to himself and realized how he wanted to help people and his own character evolved in comics that way. I mean, I, I can't see him just sitting there and you know, still hiding in the shadows and not wanting to encourage other people. Hey, it is scary. And yes, if you have to hide, do that. But also if you can find somewhere where you can be yourself, do that when you can and, and, you know, help each other find ways to do it. Um, I was thinking as well, and I know how uh, adamant you are about, you know, Kurt getting to have kids and stuff. Do you think <laughs> if he had children, right? Like canonly and, and this current, you know, canon and timeline everything if he somehow had children doesn't matter with who i know who you want with but despite that not parents not relevant here do you think if he had a kid that looked like him meaning they were blue as well and or had a tail whatever do you think he would have them wear an image inducer do you think he would make his child wear that at first no a hundred percent no and i'll say this as um so in um earth 2182 where nocturne is from she did not grow up with an image inducer and Kurt did not wear an image inducer when she was growing up either. It was not a part of their lexicon. Not only that, but she was sent to a public high school when she could have been sent to Xavier's Institute. So like mm-hmm. basically her parents made the decision, like rather than say like, we're just going to keep you at the Xavier Institute where like you are amongst your people and like you are safe and like nobody can do whatever. Like, no, we want you, we're going to put you like with the humans. So to learn amongst the humans and be amongst the people. And she did that as herself. So, you know, like there, there was clearly that importance on that side, you know, of like that assimilation, I guess. And, you know, um, I mean, it, I mean, it doesn't hurt that like, she's the daughter of an Avenger that doesn't hurt. Right. You know, but, um, but, uh, yeah, no, I don't think he would ever make, cause what I always, and this is, this is part head canon, but part also just, I think, I think it's in the canon because we see it when Kurt meets TJ, like he's just so blown away by who she is. Um, I think that, you know, he I think when he sees his features in his children, he sees how beautiful they truly are. I ask that because I always find it interesting when, like, so somebody does something for themselves, but then they become a parent and then they either say, oh, this was good enough for me, so it's good enough for my kid, and they do it. Uh, good examples like spanking. If, you know, somebody's like, I don't like spanking, but I got spanked as a kid, so I'm going to spank my kid. I think that's dumb, but that's a whole other thing. Um, but mm-hmm. people think like that. And so in this case, if, you know, if Kurt thought similarly, well, if he wore an image inducer to protect himself and he truly believed that it did protect himself, why would he not do that for his own children? Why would he not want to protect his own children? But on the other hand, you're also right. Like, why would he want to teach his kids that they have to hide themselves? But then again, there's the reality of you do have to hide yourself or you could get hurt or people you love could get hurt. And I think that's the biggest thing, the image inducer. It always feels like you have to choose between those two things, even if you shouldn't have to. It's always a constant battle. Yeah. I think it's one of those things. I think the difference is it's it's like a systemic thing where, you know, the decision that he's making for his children in this moment right now 
is going to affect every generation for not just his family, but like every family that is physically mutated here on out. Do you know what I mean? Because like, 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 so if, if we take the spanking metaphor, right. So it's like, if like, if my parents spanked me and they did not, don't worry. But if my parents spanked me and then I decide to spank my kids and Mm -hmm. then my kids decide to spank their kids, that doesn't necessarily, that has no effect really on like, you know, other, any other white people out there, right. It really has no effect on, you know, any, anyone in my demographic. However, um, being in a position he's in where he's a superhero and now he's got these children or a child and he has the opportunity to teach this child, you know, to love themselves and to teach society around them that people like them exist and they should, they, they should exist and should be loved and deserve to be around. Um, you know, it also helps every other mutant just like them. Right. And yeah. and it helps every generation that comes after that too. So that I think that's the difference, and I think that's why he would he would be very. I think he would take it very personally. And if it was if 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 uh, if his child was also Wanda's child, she would also take it very personally. So yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. I, um, but that being said, the last thought I had about it was, you know, I was just imagining, you know, like what if what if we felt like we have to wear wear an image user and i feel like a lot of people in uh reality you know how kind of wear their own image inducers right like you have to cover yourself or you know there's people especially in the lgbt community but it's also a term in other communities where you pass as something that you're not um stuff like that i just think kurt is such a great um character that op- that can open up these discussions and the image inducer itself is a huge metaphor for all those things and i just think it's so um interesting to talk about and you know i like i said i think you know not only would all of us wear an image inducer at some point but i think we all have um unless you're scott mm-hmm. summers or uh professor gaslighter because the amount of privilege is no kidding oh yeah i mean well i will i want to bring up the the last time i can remember Kurt using the image inducer in the comics i could be wrong but like the last significant time he really used it was when him and Logan and Piotr went on their little um their little road trip to Russia. And That's right. yeah, it was super cute. And like um so what I always love about in the comics and not every artist does this, but it they always did it in the be- in the beginning it was always done and then some artists would pick it up and Mike Choi did pick it up in this issue was um Kurt always looks like Errol Flynn when he's in his um image inducer like always like he always looks like Errol mm-hmm. Flynn um which I think is adorable because he just wants to be Errol Flynn um and the other thing is uh apparently they played a prank on on Kurt and made him look like Angelina Jolie for a hot second in um in <laughs> image inducer so oh. So the tabloids all like had pictures of like, um, like Colossus and Wolverine and Angelina Jolie. At, I don't know. It's just it's stupid, but I thought it was funny. So <laughs> I love that, and I like that it, it sounds like it was used in a much more uh humorous context, which is nice. Oh yeah, considering mm-hmm. that it is, you know, yeah, you know, we've talked mostly serious about, but also the image inducer can just invite a lot of fun and chaos. So I, I, I like that. And that's kind of no, I, you know, kind of feel like it's a good place to wrap up is it would be cool to see another, uh, another revisit with Kurt and the image inducer and seeing another time where he just, it's just chaos. It just causes some 
chaos. I mean, perfect for your holiday season. He just, everybody keeps tossing it around at, you know, the, the Christmas party or the Hanukkah party or whatever party they're at, you know? Oh, absolutely. I'm. Oh my God. Could you even imagine? That would be such a disaster. Hey, wait a minute. I have a question. Where was the image inducer when Wanda was murdered? That's a great question. Lisa, you're coming in. Detective Lisa's in today, guys. I'm here. I'm here, guys. I'm here. Call Paul Holes. Get him on the phone. I'm here. We're ready. <laughs> Detective Lisa's here, and soon enough, we'll have Judge Lisa coming in with the ruling on Detective Lisa's findings. Thank you, everybody. Exactly. Exactly. We're ready. To, we're ready. We're ready. We're ready and raring to go. I, I am ready. Guilty. He's guilty. I don't even know <laughs> who he is. But he's guilty. I don't know. But you know Pietro. it's a man. That's all that matters. <laughs> it's a man. It's definitely a man. It's it's probably Pietro. Guys, this has been amazing. Thanks for coming and listening again. We, I don't know if you can tell, but we really love talking about Nightcrawler. So, and clearly you love listening. I was going to say, it's like this is a Nightcrawler podcast or something. Crazy. I know. That was so weird, right? It's so weird. But yeah. Who does so- that? <laughs> Who does that? Right? It's weird. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I've been Lisa. You can find me at the OG Nocturne. That's N-A-C-H-T-U-R-N-E on Twitter. You can also find us and all of our links at the at simplyamazingpod.com. That is our beautiful website with our new blog. Guys, we're everywhere. We're literally everywhere. We're behind you right now. Did you look? I bet you looked. Oh, my God. I bet you looked. And then, Lauren, where can they find you? um right uh behind you you know that smell with the brimstone that's me just kidding um you can find me on twitter at friendly mbhd bye and if you are one of those people that is sitting here wondering when will i get my comic accurate nightcrawler funko i'm with you and i just want to remind you that just like whenever we get that funko is going to be you are simply amazing amazing